free to help yourself. Junk foods, good food. Soul food, depending on what the need is of the hour. All right, guys. Um, last little short, well, there it is. Last little short mini session here. And um, I'm going to keep it brief because I want to do one last little dialogue and then give you some time to harvest a couple of, like, um, top thoughts and takeaways from the last day and a half. Um, and you guys, you guys got enough in the tank to go another 15 minutes here? You good? Okay. <laughs> long day. Uh, it's always this, uh, this second day is always a long day. Uh, hopefully it's been helpful though. Some thoughts to chew on and sorry, I had to duck out. I am the board chair at my kid's school, uh, which, uh, nobody told me. Uh, in advance, how, uh, what type of commitment? <laughs> it, I'm, I'm joking. It's it's uh, it's a joy. It's a joy. What'd you say? Yeah. No. No. It's been a great way to give back. Um, it is. It is very time consuming though. Um, but so wanna wanna end with just a couple thoughts here. This isn't like a full on teaching talk. This is more of just a couple nuggets here on recruitment and applications on the front end and then ending the school year well on the back end. Uh, but then we'd just love to give some time for just kind of an open-ended Q&A. So if you have any lingering questions from anything we talked about today or didn't talk about, I uh, want to give a little time for that. So literally, this is like probably just kind of five minutes of some bulleted thoughts and then want to just open it up. So be thinking if you do have some lingering questions about anything from today, we'd love to give space for that. Um, some of this is repetitive, and we mentioned this earlier, and I apologize for the things that are unintentionally repetitive because I wasn't here for Matthew or Ann's talk. Um, when we talk about recruitment and applications, I think a big prerequisite before you even open up your school to your church body is to get really clear on what role the school plays within the broader kind of matrix of the, the church so that you can be very clear in what you are. Uh, if you've heard a theme today, hopefully it's like clear communication, clear expectations of your staff, of your, you know, for your students. And a shift that we made years ago, because originally the school was, it was, it was like a ministry training school for vocational missionaries, is how the discipleship school got its start 30 something years ago. So it was like a 40 page application and a very like, a kind of very tight, uh, filter for who got into the school. Well, that evolved over the years to where it was like, no, 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 this is for the body, regardless kind of vocational background. And, and then we kind of wrestled with like, well, what does the vetting process look like? And we still kind of imported some of that like stringent interview style. Um, and it just was, it was not, it didn't mesh with the, the ethos of the school and where the school was going. And so, so then we just kind of opened the gates very broadly um, and what we found was we had like 80% of the students had a lot of buy-in, but we had like 20% of the students that was a real challenge um, when we just kind of lowered the bar and said, come one, come all. And we found that we were spending 80% of our time with 20% with of the students or you know 95% of our time with 5% of the students that were the biggest challenge. So where we've, and Matthew uh, does this maybe a little differently than, than I have um, and probably does it better, but where I was landing is more, um, we, it's funny, we would kind of like 
advertise the school, and then in our application and interview process, we like do our best to talk them out of it. Uh, so we cast a wide net. Hey, we share testimonies. We put it on social media. My life was changed, so on. And then you know we get applications, and then we would have these phone calls or face-to-face -face interviews with them. We're like, Are you sure you really want to do this? Uh, because here's what the ask is. And that's what Jimmy was talking about last night with this kind of wide, these wide arms. It's for anybody. But then once we kind of get in front of you, hey, this is the agenda. Like, we have a very clear agenda for your life. It's to become a disciple of Jesus. If that is not your agenda, you will be very uncomfortable in this school. Um, and then trying to be as clear as possible. Here are the expectations. Here's the ask. We're not looking for perfection, but we are looking for growth. If you're signing up for the school, you're giving the staff and leaders authority to speak into your life. Not to tell you what to do, but to be a coach and give you feedback and, and so on. And so as clear as you can be is what I'm trying to say with what the school is what the desired outcomes are, what the expectations are, that will not eliminate, but that will minimize the issues you deal with throughout the year. Does that make sense? So there's not like a bait and switch, uh, you know, like Ray was saying with my board position, which wasn't a bait and switch. But you know, we've had some of those students to get in the school, they're like, this is not what I signed up for. Well, that's on us. Not 100% sometimes. They, we may have been clear they just didn't hear us. but. We can mitigate some of that by being abundantly clear and almost even trying to talk them out of doing the school so that there's a, uh, a real kind of buy-in from the student. Does that make sense? Um, I would highly, highly recommend a process f with your applications. Uh, I, f I think Thomas and the Houston guys, you probably do this as well as anybody I've heard, just... Um, in, I mean, we got to where we were having over 200 applicants for the school. That's not the case anymore. But we got a little out of our best practice where we would have a face-to-face -face interview with every single applicant, and we just got to where a full-time staff of two could not meet with 200 people uh, in the application window. So uh, Matthew's kind of gotten back to that. I mean, I think you guys met with just about every applicant, right? Yeah. Um, but a face-to-face -face meeting, if possible, I think is is best where... You can lay out those expectations and then feel out, are, are, are there character issues or life circumstances that don't disqualify them from the school, but it may not be this year? And that's the language we've used in the past of like, you're not going to, if you're hungry and humble, like Jimmy said, you're not going to disqualify yourself from the school. Um, now, if there's arrogance, you know, all that kind of stuff, then it's just, we're going different directions, and that's fine to just say to somebody no, but typically if they're applying for the D school, that's, that hadn't been the, the main issue. More so, we've come across people who are like, oh, I'm right in the middle of a divorce. I'm like, okay, that doesn't disqualify you, but the emotional load that you might be going through right now, or we had one applicant, and he had several outstanding warrants uh, uh, for uh, on him for arrest. <laughs> we're like, but he's, you know, that was his background. He'd come to Jesus. We're like, hey, you might need to deal with that. Um, before jumping into the school or, you know, every person's a different scenario, but evaluating, not making the decision for them, ideally, but working with them to help them self-discover, um, hey, you are working a full-time job. You're, uh, you know, you're a single dad with three kids and you're, you know, you're the president of the school board and the, like, 
do you understand the time and emotional commitment that you're making to the school? Just looking at the pie chart of your life, it would not seem that you have the capacity to do the school and to be able to follow through. Those types of conversations. Is that making sense? So we're not evaluating them on like level of maturity. You're a mature enough Christian to get into the school. I'm just saying this has been our process. It's been more of the posture of the heart, the circumstances of life, and have we been abundantly clear with what the expectations are and they can self-select um, in addition to us. So that, sorry, were you saying something? Okay, good. Thanks, Gabe. Um, so that's what I would say with recruitment applications. On recruitment, I mean, every church is going to do that differently. I don't have any stage advice there. That is not my wheelhouse other than what we found to be most effective are uh, when we've done surveys, the people who do our schools do it because a friend did it and their lives were transformed. So as much as you can leverage that, like we, at the end of every year, we, we actually have our students wait on the Lord and, and then make three to five personal asks um, and say, hey, um, who can you, because the power, don't ever underestimate the power of suggestion. And so, hey, who in your life could benefit from, if, if you would want somebody, if, if you've had an experience where you have grown closer to Jesus and, you know, even if it's been difficult, do you, do you know three to five people who could benefit from this? And we even, we'll sit there in class and have them just text out right then and there, um, you know, to make a suggestion to consider the school. We found out to be very um, effective, you know, uh, testimonies, testimony videos, utilizing Sunday if that's a possibility in conjunction with your senior pastor. Get people on stage, student testimonies. It's rarely like the director standing up saying, hey, you should come to the school that moves the needle. But when people hear the stories of uh, people's lives have been transformed. Is that a goat? Okay. Just, <laughs> you know, it's been a long week and I'm 40 and I just want to make sure everything's intact uh, here. Just want to make sure that somebody else heard a goat. Okay. Um, when it comes to ending well, so I know that's a short, truncated uh, kind of couple bullet points on recruitment applications. Um, I, some of this has already been said, so I won't belabor it, but I would just say if longevity is the goal, and the goal is not like this highlight, you know, and then denouement into uh, the summer or whatever, whenever you guys end your school. But if the goal is kind of this like this arc, this life arc that is, you know, just one cons consistent growth in God for a lifetime, then are you structuring the, the last third of your school to facilitate ongoing growth? as just a point of like reflection? Um, or is it like, no, we're trying to like end with a bang or we are so burning the candle at both ends with our students that they finish the school and they're like, I don't want to read the Bible for a year. I don't want to share the gospel ever again. I don't want to do a spiritual thing. We've done that before. And then we found that like our students were like, going out to like drink the night that school ended because we'd had a no alcohol policy and they were so stressed. And we were like, I don't, I don't know if that, like, if we, if that was a successful year, you know, like, <laughs> so it cost us to reevaluate our approach. That uh, was years and years ago. Um, 
So if longevity is the goal, are you structuring the end of the school to promote sustainability? So thinking through course load, vision, alumni touches, um, those sense, those sorts of things. Not creating a false sense of reality, uh, or you know, again, we learned from Houston, creating groups that once they dissolve, we realize, oh, we kind of displaced life group, or you know, small groups throughout the school, and did not. They never really heard from our mouths how important that is. We created this community in this school, and all of a sudden that's over, and they just kind of float off in into the into the ether and didn't weren't tethered, and we didn't prioritize that as as equippers. Um, so how are we thinking? This is not just a six month, a nine month, a ten month process. This is integrated with the life of the church and this this process of longevity. Um, you, you already said it. I didn't know it was Floyd McClung. Uh, I, the way I had it written down was we don't grow through experience, but through reflecting on our experience. We've done a lot of reflecting towards the end of the year, several exercises where we just give them time and we're training them to reflect on their experience, to harvest meaning uh, from, the, from the school, journaling exercises. We have like a 90-day plan. It's different from, again, what Houston does. But we help them develop what is the next 90 days going to look like? Um, what made this year successful or not? And then how can we harvest from that what gets implemented over the next 90 days? What's accountability going to look like for the next 90 days? For a lot of our students, because we end in May, that's the summer, and summer rhythms are different, so we're helping them think through how do you not lose, like how do you continue to capture what uh, happened in the school? Um, and then uh, I think the last thing I would say on this is, is celebrate really well. We, um, we, we do a poor job generally as American Christians at celebrating. Uh, if you compare us to the Jews in the Old Testament and how many celebrations and feasts they were commanded to have. Um, and I'm, this is the point. The finger is pointed at me. Uh, my wife is, is a phenomenal celebrator. Uh, I am not. Uh, I'm growing. But... Um, you know, it's so touching that a guy, it's like his first certificate ever to get. Like, it should be like the biggest party on the planet. Like, that should be like streamers, balloons, confetti, loud music, bring everybody. And, you know, or I was telling a story. We have a, a, a discipleship group right now, and I have a girl in this group who just, you know, real challenging upbringing, and, and she has some just personal challenges and very low self-esteem, and she's so afraid to set goals because she doesn't want to fail, and so she she has this goal of fasting one day a week for a, a period of time, and, and, and she was like, what if I only fast, like, one of those weeks out of 12 weeks? And I was like, well, is that more than you would have fasted? She's like, well, yes. And I'm like, then we're throwing you a party. If you set a goal of fasting once a week for 12 weeks and it happens once or even half a day, we're going out for a meal. Like, um, we're, not, we're not celebrating perfection. We are celebrating growth. And so just thinking through, I mean, break the budget on your celebrations. Um, and not, don't just wait for the end of the year. But um, how can you celebrate those milestones throughout the year? I haven't read the book, but um, Chris, you were talking about the book, The Power of Moments. Is that what it's called? Uh, maybe a resource to to check into that talks about harvesting those moments, cap capitalizing on those moments where uh, somebody has a breakthrough that maybe it feels like nothing to you or or it might just kind of go unnoticed. But for that person, 
it's monumental. And for somebody to recognize that and call attention to that could absolutely change their lives uh, for eternity. So um, the discipline of, of celebration, how could that look in your school? So that's all I got on those two short topics um, and wanted to keep it short just so we've got some time here. Uh, we're not going to go back into table um, discussions, but just for the last, for the next 10 to 15 minutes, if there are any lingering questions, just want to give space for that. And then at the very end, I would love for you guys to jot down, you know, of the fire hydrant of thoughts and ideas and information. And I know Anne, Matt, Matthew said that Anne gave a great just, hey, loaves and fish, right? Um, if you implement one thing out of this week that changes somebody's life, huge success. Celebrate. Go out and have a steak uh, on the school. Um, just kidding. Um, yeah, so what... Um, what have been some top takeaways and or what are some questions that might linger relative to anything we've talked about? Yes. Yeah, what's uh, Waco's deal or other folks uh, on non-Antioch people applying for the school? I don't know what Matthew would say. I would say we've loved it. It's actually added a lot of richness to our schools um, as we've had. I would say there's a critical mass consideration. So I think we would want some percentage. It hasn't been an issue. We haven't come across that. Um, but we've had people from several different churches do our schools. And it has, I think, every single one has been a win they bring different perspectives. And as long as there's, again, very clear expectations, very clear. And we've just said, you know, because part of the school is participation in the local church. And so any, re any requirement we have for our students in this local church, we have them, we give them the same requirement for their local church with still with respect to whatever their structures and systems are. But if the value is serving the body, we're holding them accountable for how they're serving the body at their at their local church. So if anybody else has a different perspective, feel free to share it, but it's I'll, been a huge win I'll for us. I'll say one thing I did this year, I just, um, so if we had somebody like wanting to come down from Dallas and do the school, which we've had, um, like I'm not as worried about that, but if somebody in Waco wants to do the school, one of the things that I do is I want to reach out to their pastor and just let them know, hey, like your students, you know, inquiring about doing our school. So we kind of treat it as, uh, as a reference and so we talk to them, let them know, just so we're, like, not seen as, like, sheep stealing or something like that, especially if they're, like, sometimes they're working at the church or different things like that. So I just want to honor the local church, the local pastor, and just say, hey, we have requirements, too, that they're going to, you know, need to be serving in church and doing these things. And so we're not asking them to do that here. We're asking them to do that with you. And so how, you know, how does, just, so, just to honor them. That's a great point. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, Gabe? Okay, so question that we didn't, haven't talked about so far. Requirements and policies, everything from dating to drinking to gambling to life group to serving every week to... I feel like there's a lot of those things that have started to feel, at least for our church, very burdensome or encumbering and or very hard to um, implement. And so I, I just wanted to hear, like, if people... Really, the question is, like, if you have swung a little bit away from things like requiring people be at church 
every week and then submit their absences or things like that is what we've done in the past. Like if you have swayed away from that, have you seen any issues with doing that or has it been fine? I'm just trying to figure out before we were to make bigger adjustments in that way. Love to open that up. The only one thing I'd say to that, this reflects my personality, so I don't speak on behalf of the Waco staff, but to me, every policy has a one-year shelf life and needs to be reevaluated every year um, relative to our outcomes, desired outcomes. So if it makes sense to have a dating policy one year, it may not make sense. It actually might be detrimental the next year. Um, same with alcohol. Now, I mean, I think, well, yeah. So, and again, that's going to be contextually relevant in different different places and spaces. But, um, yeah, that's all I would say to that. But, yeah, what a, it's a great question. What do you guys... That has been a big question for us, and I would say 80% of my pastoral conversations came from the dating role, and it was just a big headache. <clears throat> so at the end of the day, then we had some connect group leaders come, and they're like, hey, can you give us vision of why this is even a thing? Wouldn't it be helpful for them to be able to be in a dating relationship within the context of discipleship? So this year, we changed it, and we said, uh, in the fall, no dating, and in the spring, it's okay to date, but you have to be okay with being accountable to your connect group leader within that process. And I would say it's been an amazing adjustment for us. But No, I mean, we don't have that many single people, but it actually, it's like, if we want to disciple people, why would we not want them to do that within this context rather than outside of it, you know? Yeah, one of the things I've observed is people come in, they inherit old policies, and they just become kind of ossified into the background of the school, but they can't articulate even why it exists, but they still enforce it. And that's where it gets wonky. Um, so if you can't articulate with conviction why you have a certain policy, you need to reevaluate that policy. If it does not, if you can't clearly tie it to the desired outcome of being a disciple of Jesus, then it probably needs to go. Um, yeah. uh, any other thoughts there on policies? Yeah. Here we go. Uh, one thing that, again, this is contextual, but um, we we are like wanting, and this kind of goes against the whole people from other churches, but membership within our church being a kind of, maybe you can think of a requirement, but really like the lowest bar to answer like the Sundays and life group and that sort of question. It's like if they're doing less than a church member would be, like that's a clear sign of, of something. So like this year, having a student who we noticed just hasn't been coming on Sundays, period. And it's because of their struggle with apathy and and that self-discipline. And that's the thing they also want to work on. So it allows us to have them accountable to that. So figuring out a, a you know policy of what's the lowest bar, it's like, okay, if, if they're, in terms of what they're doing, like, okay, let's start there. Because all the you know school requirements, if they're not doing what a church member would be doing, then then that would be an issue. So, yeah, I would say to that too. Every policy needs to be like a discipleship lever. Like it's not just a right, wrong, good, bad. It's a it's an opportunity to dig into somebody's life. Like okay, so what's going on there? Like we have this policy. It's revealed something about you. So. Let's dig into that. Why aren't you coming on Sunday? Well, there's a lot of church hurt in my past, and 
this was said a few Sundays ago, and it kind of triggered that. Well, okay, that's one direction of discipleship versus, like, I just can't get my tail out of bed. Or, you know what I mean? Like, that's a lever to kind of lift the rock and look underneath at, like, what's going on there? Instead of just, well, you didn't do it, so here's the consequence. Like, what a wasted opportunity um, if that policy is there to help us make disciples. What else? Thoughts, questions? Yeah, Dave. Uh, well, we struggled with chronically. I mean, I think overall, majority of folks, they stick. It's really helpful. Um, yeah, what do you all do to uh, keep people integrated and keep them going after this uh, D-School? Anybody want to tackle that one? I mean, I would just say, yeah, Matthew, you have some thoughts there. You, I mean, you, you talked about the tracks you're doing, right? Yeah, we did. Um, so you're saying just in, keep them in, invested in the school throughout the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I would just come back to that that conversation again. I was going to say something different because I thought, but because I thought your question was different. But I would say, yeah. So, yeah. So, one of the requirements that we have in Waco is that they're required to, if they ha if they're not already currently serving in the church on a Sunday, we're asking them to attend and serve. So what that means is we have two services. They need to attend one service and serve in the other. Okay, and so it's kind of a little bit of a big ask, but we've been asked by the church to do this for years just because we have such a huge kids' ministry with need. So we're asking people to serve in kids' ministry. Um, but at the same time, if we had students come to me and say, hey, I'm not really comfortable doing that. I don't want to do that. So I'll listen to them. I'll talk to them and be like, well, where would you like to serve? Actually, I think it would be fun to serve with the tech team or – you know, with that. So we get them involved in serving for one in the community. And so and a lot of times, like, you know, we have, so they, in, they'll, they'll be on a, another team actually inside the church when that happens. So they're experiencing a team leader from another team leading them in the outreach or whatever they're doing. Um, and so they're, they're getting a chance to get that much more connected. So that's, I think that's one of the ways we do it here in Waco is require them to serve um, and so they can build other relationships and have opportunities to be seen or to grow or to, you know, get involved in, in more what we're doing in the community. Yeah, and the other church. half of that would be life group, you know, like not baking that in and not just a box and a chart that did you go this week, but like vision for it, you know, biblical exhortation around small group connection, following up in D groups in the D school, how is life group going? Are you just consuming or are you participating and giving and, and so on? And then I, I think backing out from that, I, there's a parenting analogy here, you know, where uh, we only, our oldest is 12, so we, ha we don't have any, you know, out of the house. But my understanding, you know, f from the parenting wisdom that we have received is, um, Rachel Gorman, an amazing mom of six uh, here, and they have four, I think, that are out of the house. And she uses this analogy that, like, when they're born, there's, like, this 
closed box that they're in where you control all the inputs. And then, you know, as they age, like you're opening up that box at, at appropriate, uh, at an appropriate pace, you know, and, and to where when they leave the house, that box is fully unfolded and, um, and you've trained them to deal with the rigors of all the decisions. And all that. I think there's, there's something to that where, um, there could be an, I, we've, we haven't mastered this or even do this well, but we've talked about structuring the school in such a way to where the oversight lessens, you know, on through the school year to where, um, the release into the wild uh, is not like there's been this rigid, you know, like looking over your shoulder, looking over your shoulder, and then it's just done. But it's like, hey, we've we've modeled mall, we've modeled, we have, um, we use a different, we use MEF, but we've modeled, we've explained, we have um, given feedback, and now you're, you know, you're off to the races. Um, and that's where, you know, you can't control, like, where it's so tragic to me to see people make terrible decisions after they've gone through this whole process and we watch them weep on their face at the front of the room and you know and that's just the you know the the one of the stresses of being in ministry for any length of time and yeah. if i could say something really practical to that we do um my wife created a policy to where in march the whole month of march our students do a 30-day journal so we have 30-day journal booklets and so they journal through the month and the goal of that is to is to really hear the Lord on what are the things that he spoke to them in the school that are meant to be applied as they leave. So maybe it's becoming, I don't know if you guys have CASA or if that's a bad news thing, but like an advocate for children in foster care or something with Unbound or serving in this thing. So that the goal of that is to come away with the next steps. And then between April and graduation in May, a staff member, one of the directors, meets with the students for an exit interview, reviews that journal, and then helps connect them. And then something my wife had started to ask, which was really helpful, was um, would you like for a staff member to follow back up with you in six months, I think, or three months to see how you're doing and continue to hold you accountable? So there's some people say no and some people say yes. Um, but even in that exit interview, we asked, like, what are things in the school you'd like to requirements you'd like to pause? What are requirements you'd like to continue? And so it's really trying to really shepherd that process as they transition out. But the, the people that ask for that follow-up after, we find that to be really helpful as well. Yeah, Tammy. Um, I just want to speak one thing that I think that a lot of y'all probably carry a whole lot with the D school and this follow-up thing and just remind you that Jesus had one that fell away. So we can't control everything, and he's the best disciple there ever was. So just to release, if you have inordinate pressure about that, that, you know, even he had one that fell away, so. So the nature for us in Boston is that our D school is spread amongst five different churches. So we actually meet on Zoom, uh, crazy. Um, but uh, we have ministry mentors is what we call them as they are serving, like Matthew said, in tech team, in kids, in youth, that they are touch point like with other people within the congregation so that we're not like, because we are so in, like together all the time because we spend so much time together, but for them to be like a part of a life group, I think that will help ease back into the rest of what's happening within the church. So that was something else I wanted to add. 
ministry mentors. That's great. That's great. Well, hey, in an effort to honor your time, um, let me just give a closing remark, and then we'd love for you to jot down one or two takeaways from yesterday and today. But as I as I see it, I think your role, and I know most of you are wearing multiple hats, and D School is only one of them. But for the way that we do church, for the way that we express church, our schools are one of the most important ministries that exist at uh, at your local church. And again, it's about the the strengthening of the pegs in this hour, uh, always. But I think in this kind of cultural moment in which we live, is is absolutely critical for the longevity of what God has been doing through this network of churches. And so um, that's not like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Uh, that means still we bring loaves and fish, but it does elevate, and I hope put you know some wind in your sails of like, this is really important work. Um, and I just want to say thank you. Probably more than half of you are volunteers, maybe some of you on a stipend. Uh, anybody full-time with discipleship school besides Matthew? Yeah, Alex, kind of quasi-Marshall. Well, right, right, right. No, that's, yeah, that's my point is um, not even you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a heavy load, and, um, and may God give us grace to, to, to stay in it and not be perfect, but keep showing up, grow, and... Um, and trust that he will make up our lack. So um, I'll pray to close us here in a few minutes, but just, just, just a few minutes of kind of quiet for a moment, a little reflection. If there are one or two kind of ideas or themes that rose to the top for you that really stand out, just jot that down, um, and, and you can have more reflection time later, drive home, flight home. But I know life will hit us you know, between the eyes as soon as we... Uh, move on from here. So just just sit for a moment. What are some some of the top you know one two three takeaways from yesterday and today? I know that's a short time for reflection, but I do want to honor your time. I know we said we'd be wrapping up by four. We have this room till five, so don't feel like you need to rush out if you don't want to. While it's fresh, if you just want to keep sitting and and um, gathering your thoughts, you're welcome to do that. If you want to linger and just chat or ask more questions of one another or just hang out a little bit, you're welcome to do that. Uh, we have some more you know, snacks and stuff, so feel free to hang for a little bit. Um, again, I'll just say thank you so much for making the effort to be here. Uh, it's always a joy to hear what's going on around the nation, see your faces. And for so many of you, for this being the first gathering that you've attended like this, love it. Love it. Thank you. It's a big effort, I know, uh, to make the arrangements to, to travel here. And um, we hear you that uh, some kind of shared resource. We do have a Google Drive that currently exists. If you want access to that, uh, just let me know. You have my email address that have some of these documents, but it's it hasn't been curated very well. Um, but we're moving in a direction with the Movement Support Office to make that more official to where, and Matt was even showing me, Matthew was even showing me a, like a mock-up of a possible SharePoint site that's much more robust than what we've been using in Google Drive uh, for shared forms, shared documents, shared resources, shared libraries, shared um, you know, ideas, possibly a WhatsApp thread in the future where 
uh, just real time. Hey, does anybody have access to X? Or hey, have you ever come up against this? And so we hear that it's moving that direction. Just give us a little grace as we're building that out. And um, in the meantime, we're available to you, uh, all four of us. I know I speak on behalf of Thomas, Ann, and Matthew, myself. Anything we can do to serve you guys. That's why uh, we're part of this team is to support the health of our schools around the nation. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out. And we'll still try to do our quarterly calls. Uh, if you're new to that, we've just tried to make a quarterly call optional, available, no no agenda, no content delivery, just a space to ask questions of one another. And, and we'll try to keep doing that uh, until we figure out a better way to do that, maybe like a WhatsApp thread or something. So, all right. Love to just pray to end our time. And then feel free to linger as long as you'd like uh, up till 5 o'clock. gather for U.S. Uh, I asked Carrie Etheridge, who's in charge of USCON, and as of right now, it does not look like there will be a space for ministry-specific gatherings. However, they are receiving a lot of feedback that all these extra ministry gatherings uh, for people who wear multiple hats are a bit cumbersome. So in the future, it might revert back to where, like on USCON years, we don't have this gathering, and it gets tacked on to an USCON so we hear that feedback as well, so trying to figure that out. There might be a brief one, but there won't be like a long substantive time for this type, is my understanding. So, all right. Lord, bless this group. Father, with all the responsibilities, hats that are worn here, we are weak, dependent uh, creatures, and we are so thankful that one of the primary revelations of Scripture is you make up our lack. And so, Lord, where we feel so inadequate to the task, we look to you. Uh, we are, we, may we be disciplined to continue to bring with faith what we have to offer and then watch you multiply it to feed thousands. Uh, and again, may the fruit of this gathering be enriched lives, disciples made, um, men and women transformed by the power of the gospel, that you would be glorified in all of our cities and from our cities, literally all over the world. And even as I pray, there's just such faith that when we look back uh, from e the standpoint of eternity, we won't, we just can't know until then the impact of, of the simple acts of uh, serving people in Jesus' name, this side of heaven. And so, Lord, may we do so with faith, faithfulness, uh, and humility in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Bless you guys. Bless you guys. Feel free to, to linger. If you need a little quiet space, uh, you can just hang around the building here and, and continue to reflect. But other than that, be blessed as you go. probably help manage a lot of just more communication gotcha. um, to make sure that you know, we're agreeing on things and everybody's kind of going towards the same. But hopefully what, what we can do for this is just re-up on our communication, making sure that being sent out, yeah. you know, no, hey, next month we're going to do it at this time, two weeks from now. Yeah. So.